Hello again and welcome to Press X to Doubt, where the gaming news we bring you could ring true or bring the blues, depending nice. on your cup of tea. Uh, as always, I'm a secret humor man, SHM, Luke, whatever you'd like to call me, and I'm here with my main man, Preston. Hey, that's me. I'm still here every week. Every other week. Every other uh, week. <laughs> and joining us today, we have our very first speedrunning guest, very excited, uh, to introduce Zachary Lawrence. So, hey, Zach, welcome to the channel. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Zach, why don't you give us a quick pitch about yourself and your content? Where can people find you? What are you working on, et cetera? Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm Zachary Lawrence. I stream on Twitch. I do speedruns. I post them on YouTube. I don't know how much you guys have talked about speedrunning on the show in the past, but essentially it's just gaming taken to a different level where the point is to complete it as fast as possible. So if you would like to see any of you know, my current speedruns, they would be on speedrun.com slash Zachary Lawrence, which is, which is also just a great resource for tracking leaderboards and seeing what other people are doing. Uh, and, yeah. uh, what games are you currently working on right now, Zach? Uh, well, I'd like to say Donkey Kong 64, but like to say. well, in the past, like three weeks, I've also PB'd in like three other games. So I don't even know what my main game is right now, but nice. What are the other games? Yeah. For the past year, I've been mainly working on the Spyro and Crash trilogies on the PS1 and trying to get all those down in order to do what's called the Sprash Vecta, which is all six games in one sitting to full completion and over the past year i took that down from taking like 30 hours down to 13 and a half hell yeah nice yeah we've talked about the Sprash facta on the podcast before too so our audience is at least a little bit familiar with what you're talking about oh yeah we had a little bit of a hype episode right before it yes absolutely <laughs> well thanks zach uh yeah you can find zach uh on twitter and on Twitch at Zachary Lawrence, I think, unless your Twitter is different. Yeah, my Twitter's different. But yeah, uh, if you go to myspeedrun.com, there's links to my YouTube, my Twitch, and whatever else. There you go. That works out. All right. Well, cool, man. And thanks again for being on the show. Looking forward to have you. Looking to see what you bring to the table. Uh, as always, we're going to go into our first section uh, of the episode. It's the two truths and the lie gaming news addic uh, edition, rather. Addiction. It is an addiction, yeah. but it's also the addiction. Uh, and today is going to be Preston versus Zach. Uh, yes. It was me versus Mr. PS Premier last week, uh, Smitty, last yeah. episode. Yeah, Smitty. And um, yeah, so the game rules are as such. Uh, Preston and Zach both have three gaming articles of recent nature, we're hoping. This is kind of a dead season yeah. for game news, but yeah, I know that these guys have come up with something. Speaking of which, we got hit for the first time ever with the podcasting curse of news coming out the day after you you air. Whenever Lucas Arts just hit all of that stuff, or Lucas Films, game. Oh man, it was so bad. So stuff has happened in the last two weeks, but it is very slow. Yeah. That's what we get for recording on Mondays. And <laughs> yeah, <those> gaming <laughs> news comes out on Tuesdays. Correct. Uh, anyways, so those are the uh, article rules. And then as soon as all three articles have been shared by both Preston and Zach, uh, all three of us are going to take wagers, friendly wagers, or unfriendly wagers. You can yeah. make you can make evil, hostile wagers. Uh, those have been made before on the channel. About which one is the fake? 
So you're going to put your money quite literally where your mouth is and guess oh, which one oh. is the fake one, uh, especially Zach. Uh, we have Zach on the show. I don't know if he's our first Canadian, but I know that he is a Canadian. So he is going to put some of his Monopoly money on the edge here. And who knows what might happen. Yeah. How much money are you guys putting down? I don't know. It all comes down to how confident we are with, with the bets. Normally, I would say it's around like 10 or 15 bucks or something. It's like yeah. average of $5. Yeah. It's like <laughs> nobody, nobody's talking big money. But whatever it does get big, we're just like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, just a reminder that Preston and I are both teachers. So it's not like we have a lot of money to sling around anyways and stuff like this. Yeah, but, but that's like 96 Canadian. <laughs> True. True, yeah. Speaking exactly. of which, I will only accept your money if you actually mail me Canadian money. <laughs> Um, it can't be wire transferred. Nice. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, okay. Well, as always, uh, we are going to have a trivia question for who goes first. Uh, I will say, however, this is not a gaming trivia question, <laughs> but I'm praying to God that at least somebody knows the answer to this. Cause I know the answer to this, but it's a game show, does. you know, it's a game show, right? Uh, okay. From the, uh, Jeopardy category screams, shouts, it asks, at the end of the song, Helter Skelter, which drummer screams, I got blisters on me fingers? Oh, which drummer? Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, no. Hold on. I feel so bad. I mean, who is, uh, should I, who should the guy I tell from you? the Beatles, but holy crap, I don't think It is the guy from the Beatles. Is, but, it, um, is it Ringo Starr? It is Ringo Starr, yes. Yeah. Ringo Starr. the in the Beatles, right? Yeah, that's the joke. Well, the joke. Well, the joke was somebody had interviewed John Lennon and said, "Do you think Ringo Starr is the best drummer in the world?" And Ringo Starr fam- or, and John Lennon famously said, "Best drummer in the world. He's not even the best drummer in the Beatles." Yeah, that's <laughs> the one. So, yeah, pretty good. But yes, Zach is correct. It is Ringo Starr. I mean, Preston, you were correct too. It is the drummer from the Beatles. Uh, yeah, but uh, we were looking for Mr. Ringo Starr. Uh, which means, Zach, you get the choice of who shares his gaming article first. You can give it to Preston, or you can go first yourself. I think I will allow Preston to go first. Every and that time. is always what happens. All right, <laughs> all Preston, right. what do you got for us? So my first article is going to be all about Microsoft. I don't know if you guys have seen this within the past week. It was a really fun uh, weekend if you were an Xbox Live owner, whenever Microsoft said that they were doubling the yearly price of Xbox Live from 12, no, from uh, $60 a year to $120 a year. Holy cow. Uh, And they didn't really give much of an explanation besides like, we're going to be able to get you better games and Xbox Live is really pricey to upkeep. And everyone's like, PlayStation does it fine. So... After that weekend, of course, the backlash came in in waves, just pouring over them. Uh, I believe it was Monday morning, Microsoft backtracks, and they completely say, never mind, we're not changing the price at all. And in fact, from here on out, any free-to-play game, a la Fortnite, uh, Apex, anything like that, does not require Xbox Live, whereas it previously did. Hmm. So they're... They initially tried to double price and then they backtrack completely to go back to normal and then offer more free uh, services, basically. And so it was just like, you could have just done this all along. What is, why were you (laughs) trying to push this at all? 
It was an early April Fool's. Yeah, that's what it felt like. It was just so absurd. Now, and what uh, remind me, Preston, with the Xbox, uh, is it kind of like PlayStation Plus, where you already get access to kind of like free games every month? Is that like what the Game Pass works, or is that a separate charge? So there are two things. If you have Xbox Live Gold or whatever, then you get access to two or like four games a month, but two of those games are usually 360 games. Um, and then if you get Xbox Game Pass, that is like a collection of 200-something games, something like that, uh, but that is a higher charge. So I get Game Pass because I just play console all the time, and it's really good on PC too, but I spend to have both PC, Xbox Live, and console Game Pass, um, it is $16 a month. So they were trying to raise just the Xbox Live with no big roster of games that come along with it besides the monthly ones. They were trying to get to $12 a month. No, $10 a month, I guess. Which, in my opinion, they were just trying to get you to buy Game Pass at that point. They're yeah. just pushing the right. price a little bit closer in order to get Game Pass out of you, which is a good service. And it's got good stuff, but you have to really like playing a lot of games for it to really be worth it. It's like uh, playing, paying for Netflix and not really watching very many streaming movies or paying for Disney Plus right now because what are you really watching on it? <laughs> you're watching season two of The Mandalorian. Actually, you're watching WandaVision, right? That's Would, like the big you, thing right now. Yeah, it is pretty good. I have been actually watching that, but I pay like $12 <laughs> a month just for that one show. <laughs> I don't want to consume anything else. Really need to get my finances in control. All right, well, that's interesting, Xbox Live going up. You know, I haven't bought, I haven't purchased Xbox Live Gold in a long time. I mean, I haven't had a working Xbox in a long time. Uh, after my second 360 got the Red Ring of Death, I kind of said, Ooh. okay, it's PC gaming time, like forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was in college. Uh, what about you, Zach? Consoles? Um, well, I had the 360 because in 2007, that was what you had to have when you were in... High school, you know, uh, gotta play that Halo, Halo 3, man. It was insane. But since I started just playing stuff offline, I did get a PS4 and I haven't, I'm, I haven't bought a Microsoft product at all in the past however many years. But yeah. I mean, I mainly play just retro stuff anyway, so I don't really keep up with uh, the most up to date consoles and stuff. And which one's better, I kind of just play whichever one, uh. I, I can use and share with uh, my girlfriend stuff. All right. Interesting. Well, yeah, I, that, that was the other thing I was going to say is that it felt like uh, Xbox doesn't really have any, they don't really have any like widely multiplayer, massive marketing things yet no, to be able to yeah. say, Hey, let's upgrade gold price to right. $120 a year. Yeah. The games that they give out every month are never very impressive. Like, they just gave out Gears 5 this month this month with the, they just gave out Gears 5 this month which is pretty cool but uh again if you have Game Pass you get that already along with a bunch of other stuff so i don't know it's never well, been very like, impressive but like who what like i don't even know what the audience is for Gears 5 like how like what is their concurrent it's smaller than players. it used to be on the 360 days that's for sure yeah that's what i was saying i just don't know how they would get away with that especially right with the Halo Infinite delays too Right. Like they have nothing's nothing coming out. They've got the medium coming up, which I'll talk about later, but that, that doesn't even look like it'll be very impressive. So, yep, it's a little weird.
All right. Well, Microsoft continuing to make bad decisions. Uh, Zach, yep. what do you got for us? First article. Well, the, the articles I looked for were kind of themed. I wanted to find only retro gaming articles Ooh, because that's what I'm most interested in. All right. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. This will be a yeah, good great. take on this. <laughs> so the first one's from VG247. It was that Sony announced yesterday that they're launching a program to deliver reprinted PS1 and 2 games to retro gaming fans. Boasting what? a collection of over 1,700 PS1 and PS2 titles, players can custom order brand new copies of their favorite classics, complete with the original game manual, in a 13.5 centimeter by 19 centimeter DVD case for the PS2 games, or the 14 centimeter by 12 and a half centimeter oh, jewel cases for PS1. Cool. Wow. Uh, also available on their retro base store are replacement memory cards for PS1 and 2, nice. as well as refurbished DualShock 1 and 2 controllers. Uh, reproduced consoles have yet to be announced. The store is exclusive to North American customers, all games being NTSCU. The cost for a single PlayStation 1 game is $59.99 USD <laughs> and $79. 99 for what? PS2 games. Holy cow. That's an oh. upcharge. Yeah. That's insane. Did they give like a reason for that besides just limited quantities and stuff like that? Well, I, I imagine it's all custom ordered. Right. You know, so you're basically shipping one print of one game that you want. You and I, I, I assume I, they have all the, or at least some amount of the ISOs and PDFs of the game manuals that they can reprint, but and these, um, these are like playable games too, right? Like you can put yeah. these in a console and they work and they run yeah. and everything. Yeah. So you're basically just shelling out for the game in box, game art manual, like everything that you might have lost over the years. Yeah, to like have it all back. Which is, I mean, it's I don't even know how it's going to affect so many things because I was just looking on eBay today at like. One of my friends was playing a game, Threads of Fate. I looked it up online. It's like a hundred dollars to buy it on eBay. Yeah. So it's and then like if you're able to get a new copy, brand new for sixty, uh, sixty, yeah, fifty nine. Brand new twenty twenty one edition. Exactly. So I don't know. That man, they could do some really cool limited runs, um, which I mean, when it, with Nintendo moving towards limited runs digitally. At least you would get something out of this, but right. Sony doing like a limited reprinting of Final Fantasy VII right. and just doing it for two months or something or a month, a day even, they would sell out immediately. I think they could do a lot of limited runs of, I mean, obviously Final Fantasy VII is probably like the biggest one you could think of Yeah, that would probably pull the most viewers. Although they did say, he did say uh, NTSCU only, right? So it's all yeah. American copies of the games. Oh, right. So I still think Final Fantasy would be a pretty decent pull, but obviously you could do it with Spyro, Crash. Oh, uh, it, it said uh, the cost for a single disc PlayStation 1 game is fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah. So, so I don't know if Final Fantasy, because that's three Oh, discs? is it three? Yeah. Final Fantasy seven, $210 <laughs> for a nice reprint. But yeah, people probably right. go crazy for like the game manual for Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Like, yeah. I bet you if I looked up like eBay stuff for just the game art of like the original Final Fantasy VII, people would be like shelling out top dollar for that. Just getting yeah. like a jewel case that seems somewhat in good condition. 
especially because mm-hmm. collectors alone already they already are shelling out top dollar for something that is 20 years old that has all that stuff so just imagine like a collector's edition basically being sold mm-hmm. and it's 2021 it's brand new and you just got it and it is a limited print so it's even more limited than you know the print of the games from years past and zach you said there's no word on if they're going to be printing or making consoles to sort of go along with this in any way, right? Like you got to go and find yourself an old. Right. Yeah. yeah. It says reproduced consoles have yet to be announced. So, I mean, I I doubt they would ever do it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since they just put out the PlayStation classic or like a a year or two ago. Yeah. And that one didn't do too hot. I heard. No, Uh, I remember right. It did not. (laughs) Like, I mean, it sold out, so it did fine for them, right? But yeah, I guess it did what they wanted to do, but yeah, I don't even remember it being marketed to be honest. They still just have a a pretty big retro kind of gaming fan base, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Did they say whenever that was going to start? It was announced yesterday. I don't know if they have the site up, though, or the store up. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Very interesting. I will be tuning in just to see what they release. I am not going to buy any of them because I don't have a PlayStation 1 or 2. But <laughs> I am interested to see what gets sold and for what price. All right, Preston. Uh, one article each. What's your number two? <clears throat> so shifting back to the modern era, you old fogies, even though whatever. Uh, Hitman 3 just came out last week. And its first level has speedrunners completing the first level within 10 seconds. So they, you log, uh, not log in, but you start it. You can start at a shortcut. You have two guys that you're supposed to kill, two targets. You walk out of an elevator, you shoot them both, you walk back in. The record right now is eight seconds. <laughs> and so they, people immediately crack that game down to be the most efficient way to get through it possible uh then so you have multiple tiers obviously for this game uh you get a star rating for completion the eight second winner uh or the guy who owns the eight second record still only got two out of five stars um because technically he gets compromised whenever he kills uh the the uh targets but there is someone who found a way to kill the targets without getting compromised and they were able to do it within 45 seconds. So they still are able to stealth kill these two guys, get out, do the whole run in 45 seconds. Hmm. Um, I don't know entirely about uh, like the rest of the levels, but it seems like the first level is just what's really grabbing everybody to just speed right through it. Uh, It's bang, bang, get in. Yeah, that's it. You walk out the elevator, shoot, walk back in. Did it uh, say like, who was the runner that got the eight second time? Yeah, it is going to be. So the start of the level, speedrun.com currently shows. Oh my gosh, where is the name? Wow, did they not put the. Oh, here it is. Oh, Goron. Um, so just Goron. G O R O N. So hmm. Goron was able to get it within eight seconds. And then the user that got it in. Oh, I'm sorry. Complete Dubai in less than 20 seconds while staying completely hidden. Uh, it was G-U-L-E. 
So, uh, ghoul, I guess. Ghoul. Yeah. <laughs> Goron and ghoul. The Goron two. and ghoul. Sounds like, a, sounds like a couple of PC runners. Sounds like. <laughs> Some serious oh, cavemen. <laughs> yeah. So, are, uh, I'm confused. Is one of the categories, like, I'm assuming one of the categories is just do it as fast as possible, but one of them is, like, stealth to do it as fast as possible? Is that what yeah, matters? So, you get, yeah, you get ranked, so... Uh, it's the five star rating. Okay, he's able to get it within twenty seconds, and you have to be completely stealth. So I guess uh, that makes sense. It's like it's like the perfect mission speed run. Correct. So yeah. you can't go in there and be like all sloppy and stuff. Right, and so it'll judge you based on that stuff. And so perfectionists uh, with this game are freaking out about uh, you can't just like go in and be perfect the first time. You're going to have to play it over and over and over again in a level to really figure it out. But hey, now you've got a trick. You got a way that you can do it immediately if you know how to, uh, you know, get off an elevator and shoot people and get back on. That's really cool. That's very like GoldenEye yeah. 007, you know? Okay, yeah, that yeah. was the game that I was thinking of too. Yeah. Although yeah, in GoldenEye, do they have a rating system in that, Zach? They Is do. It like getting well, an A, getting an S? I don't know if it's rating, but they, mm. there's difficulties. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all they separate by. Okay, that's what I thought too. And then, like, how fast can you go through on hard versus easy? Yeah. Uh, as testament to the speedrunning community, additionally, again, this game came out five days ago, and so of course, yeah, they're they've just been breaking it, breaking it, breaking. <laughs> that's it. That's what happens. And I, I don't think this is being used like people aren't even using a glitch uh, or anything like that. People aren't using any really strats besides. Get off, shoot, get back on, and you're done. So uh, they're not exactly breaking through walls here. I'm trying to think of another speed run, Zach, that has those kind of categories separated where it's like do it as fast as possible and then do it as fast as possible without like screwing up something or like failing mm-hmm. at something. But I'm trying to think of like a game that runs it like that because as far as I know, I guess it would kind of be like Sonic, like all emblems, right? Because you have to get all the points and stuff. You yeah. Have to, like, I guess clear so. it in a certain time and like hit all the bonuses and free the animals and things like that. Yeah. That sounds like something that most communities would just kind of partition to a category extension or meme run or whatever, like do the whole game, but you know, don't many don't make any mistakes according to the game. Yeah. Yeah. So what it looks like is that it is, speedrun.com doesn't break it up it's just sort of the community has decided like well can you do it like this mm-hmm. and then so now they're trying to perfect that side of the perfect stealth run as in addition to uh but it does look like it's more community controlled rather than i guess speedrun.com is kind of community, yeah, community controlled yeah. yeah yeah moderators of the game kind of make decisions about how the rest of the community will submit their runs and what's allowed and what isn't yeah, and they're just runners of the game themselves. So, usually, right. yeah, almost always, I should say, rather. Yeah. All right. Well, that's interesting. That's uh, that's definitely a believable thing for sure, for people to yeah, be speedrunning kind of the happens. first Hitman, right? To jump in, I know I've seen I've seen gameplay of Hitman Three. Like, I know that uh, Twitch had tweeted out like people doing gameplay of it on like several Twitch streamers playing it on mm-hmm. Twitch, and I thought the gameplay looked kind of cheesy. But I've always oh, kind of yeah. thought that Hitman games were kind of cheesy. Yeah, it's very intentionally over the top. You're trying to feel like, I don't know, and it doesn't even entirely look like you're a badass. You're just like 
throwing a muffin at a dude's head and he gets that's, knocked out. Okay, <laughs> that's what I saw. It was like a guy, I don't even know if it was a muffin or it was like a water bottle, but he just chucked it at a guy's head and like knocked him yeah. out. And I was just like, okay. There's a lot of absurdity whenever and the Twitch streamer was like, I'm the best hitman in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy with the water bottle. Oh no, it could be. There's a lot of, there was a guy that I just watched a video of from a channel that I watch all the time, but he did a, what he called the banana run. And he did, he killed every person, well, knocked out every person on the map, just using the bananas that were lying around. Right. And it's something like 150, 200 people that yeah. he just walks around, just hitting with bananas over and over again. So you can do some weird stuff with this game. Or there's like another, there's like another clip I saw where it was like, I guess at some point you're in like a kitchen and you can like poison the soup or something. Yeah, and yeah. He's literally like standing behind the same counter as the head chef. Like literally, like the head <laughs> chef is standing up, and he's just like off to the left <laughs> yeah. next to the head chef, and the head chef is like stirring the soup and is about to like test it. And I'm just like, okay, oh yeah, yeah just looks like kind of cheesy. It's definitely always breaking just for the power. Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll speed running the Hitman games. Uh, Zach, your next article, please. Oh, this this is a tough one to get through because it's really, really long. But it came from, well, it's posted on NintendoLife.com. But it's really just a big Twitter thread from somebody who used to work at Rare. Uh, he was cleaning out his office the other day, and he came across a letter to Chris Stamper from Nintendo and says... I'm writing to you regarding the stop and swap feature in Donkey Kong 64. This is, oh, you already know what this is, right? Well, I mean, I know of stop and swap with Kazooie and Tui, but this is the right. first I'm hearing about it for Donkey Kong. Yeah, so stop and swap was a feature in both Banjo games, right? Where you would get an item in one game and then you would leave the console on, I think, and then change carts. And you yes. would have some access to something in the other game. Yes. That and, was the hope when it was first released. Right. And so it was theorized by people for a very long time that it was in DK64. And there's some kind of remnants of it being there in the game code. Uh, but this is the first time that there's been something detailing it. So he says, uh, while we respect the creativity of this feature after testing, discussing this feature with R&D, we must ask that you remove this feature from Donkey Kong 64. <laughs> Nintendo oh. has a number of issues in the way this feature has been implemented uh, because there's no way you can guarantee the RAM will retain the data long enough uh, in all uh, current and future versions of the N64 console. There's a risk mm -hmm. of damage to the game pack or console if you're swapping cartridges while it's still on. Yeah. yeah. And there's a small chance of overheating potentially a consumer safety problem. Uh, and then it goes on to discuss some alternate methods of achieving this kind of, you can do one thing in the other in one game and unlock something in the other. But uh, also in this Twitter thread, the employee from where Paul Machasek, I believe his name is, uh, he talks about it was supposed to be in six different uh, rareware games on the N64. And hmm. They did get it into the Banjo games. And if anyone's followed Banjo into the Xbox days, it did get fully implemented there, I think, with yes. nuts and bolts as well. Oh, yeah. that's cool. 
but yeah, they did. They left it in, even though Nintendo told them not to by the time they got to DK. Uh, but it was supposed to be in, in six different games. He doesn't say specifically which six, though. But this is the first time it's been revealed that it was supposed to be in, in DK64. Yeah. So, Preston, just a little background in case you're unfamiliar with this feature. So, yeah. Stop and Swap was meant for... In Banjo-Kazooie, once you beat the game, there are colored eggs that you can go around the levels and collect. This is only after you 100% the game and beat Gruntilda that these okay. areas open up and you can like go back and collect these eggs. And the hope was you could keep these eggs and transfer them onto Banjo-Tooie when the sequel came out through the feature called stop and swap. And the idea was you would have the BK cart in the console, take out Banjo-Kazooie, put in Tui. It would load the memory address or whatever was stored from one Mm. game to the other, and it would work. And originally the stop and swap feature was supposed to last like, I can't remember how long the memory address lasted for, because obviously it wasn't forever, but it was something for like, uh, it was a reasonable amount of time, like okay. a minute to three like, minutes yeah, of swapping like, games. Like a Indiana Jones. Well, here's the thing, though. When they implemented it into the game, they said it was only successful with like one second or less game <laughs> swaps. So oh, obviously no. no human could take out the game, put in the next game, and get it ready to go yeah. in like yeah. the one second. Oh, and man. so they called it a failure uh, until they got to the Xbox versions of the game which were still Rareware games, but that was when Rareware was bought out by Nintendo or by uh, Microsoft. Yeah. And it just simply gave you Xbox achievements. And if you had certain eggs in Kazooie, you got some unlockables in Tui, like some cheat codes or something. And then I think it did something in uh, Nuts and Bolts as well. Okay. Yeah. I, I haven't played a whole bunch of Nuts and Bolts, so I don't mm-hmm. know. If that's true or not, but yeah, that that was just a little bit more background about stop and swap. So that's funny yeah. to me. I can definitely see it being possible because Donkey Kong came out before Banjo Tooie. It came out the year before Tooie, so I definitely could see it mm-hmm. being a thing. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Rareware team just went ahead and put it in other games. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you would do in Goldeneye with it, like stop and swap. But like, there are other cartoon games, like right. uh, Rocket on Wheels, yeah, Conkers. Perfect Dark, yeah. uh, Jeff Force Gemini. I mean, I can definitely see them like slipping in these little Easter eggs. So they didn't get it into Donkey Kong, right? He said well, it's still somewhere in the code. Yeah, oh, so people have nobody found, knows about it. Yeah, people have found ways to look at all of the cutscenes in the game, and one of them like zooms in on this one random room in Crystal Caves, where <laughs> people assume that there's supposed to be something hidden there. Um, but yeah, it, it says also in this thread, uh, despite saying that Nintendo wanted us to take Stop and Swap out of Banjo-Kazooie, a game I'm adamant that it's still functional in. It was never removed. I know, I put it in, I never took it out. In fact, it was implemented in one of the other six N64 games in our plan, DK64. And it was at that point that Nintendo spotted it and said no. <laughs> yeah, I wonder because I mean, if it if that came out like a year before Banjo, they would have been probably in development at the same time, working together. So there was some studio head that was like, 
we've yeah. got an idea. Uh, and then just sort of started putting it into all of them. And yeah. I remember, I think it also had to do something with the expansion pack, with the game pack that goes in, because I know for 2E, you didn't need the expansion pack to play that game. You did right. need it for Donkey Kong because it was just such a huge game. Yeah. yeah and I think that they tried to program 2E on the expansion pack, but I think it was like, it either never worked or it was like constantly crashing. And so that's why you play 2E on the original game pack and it's just super freaking laggy. Hmm. That was for 2E, you were saying? Yeah. So Maybe they just know, you one, said because you said something about the game pack, right? Like you could harm the game pack by doing stop and swap or like trying to do it. Oh yeah, let me back up. It was um well, a, there's a chance a consumer who has exchanged game packs with the power on will experience a latch up condition in a chip, which could cause overheating and yeah, potentially exactly. from. But so that means uh, if the consumer is just like violently attacking things, of course you're going to have some <laughs> hardware problems. So it <laughs> makes sense that Nintendo was like, "Shut this down, otherwise we're going to have a ton of people suing us yeah. for like console problems." Yeah, exactly. We're yeah, like. Their solution was to just put like a code in there. Like you you get you beat the game, you beat Banjo, and then it, it tells you some cheat code that you can enter in DK sixty four. And I don't think they ever went through with you Aww. know doing that solution at all. Interesting. Wow. That would be really I, I really hope that one's true, but I don't know. We'll get to the end and I'll make my bet. Uh okay, Preston, wrap us up. What's your number three? My number three is a doozy whenever it comes to uh, modern video game markets and whatever, you'll see. Um, Tencent, who I think you would definitely know, uh, SHN. I do, I do, yes. Tencent, the Chinese uh, sort of games publisher, is buying out Konami, the games division. So they have put out their uh, their... They're called to purchase the games division and bring Konami in, which of course means bringing in Metal Gear Solid. Um, it means Silent Hill. It means all of these really big, like first, uh, not first player, uh, single player games that Konami had access to Contra, which is not as big, obviously anymore. Um, they are now going to be owning. Uh, so this is, by the way, I don't know uh, for any listeners or uh, Lauren, uh, Zachary, if you don't know what all Tencent owns, they own a lot. Uh, and so this purchase is just sort of them extending more power into other markets in terms of video games. Let's see. Uh, they started doing or they own, of course, Valorant and League of Legends. So that right there is huge. Oh, wow. Uh, they own the entire Chinese League of Legends like servers, Zach, <laughs> which yeah. are the largest League of Legends servers. So they, they own they it have, all. They have full ownership of Riot Games. They've bought out the yes. company Riot. Correct. Supercell, which makes Clash of Clans, Clash Royale, forty uh, percent ownership of Epic Games. Just all of Epic Games, which is insane. Um, so they are already just worldwide uh and they are taking over even more um there are rumors that they're trying to extend beyond konami and they're trying to go after 
what is the word that I'm looking for? Take Two Interactive, which owns Rockstar. So that would be an even more insane buyout. But their purchase of Konami does Konami does bring in one of the greatest and most well-renowned, at least years ago, developers. Um, and so the problem being is that they make a bunch of uh, what's like free-to-play, sort of like heavily monetized games. And so people are worried that Silent Hills now is going to have some weird uh, free-to-play you can get some skins for the enemies that you're fighting for $10 a piece or whatever, you know, they're just going to like destroy sort of what makes those games so great for the single player market. Uh, and it, it's just absurd how much they own. Wow. That would be a crazy purchase. Yeah. Do you uh, have, just thinking about Konami's like uh, player base as well. And the games that they put out, uh, right. I think that would be absolutely crazy for Tencent, uh, especially with, like you said, Tencent owning a lot of those heavily monetized games. And so it, it definitely looks like what kind of a switch are they making? Yeah. It, is it to really reestablish Konami as another heavily monetized sort of branch that is continuing to give them money? Or are they really looking to expand and make a name for themselves in gaming? And be right. like, hey, look, exactly. here, look at what we did through the Konami branch or whatever that's true that i mean that would be i guess the hope is at least that konami does not want to fund their games development they have not put money into it in the past uh since metal gear solid 5 they really have not uh developed many good games at least um and they won't put really their weight behind it so at least by 10 cent taking those licenses hopefully that they'll at least have the money in the backing uh to make the games that they deserve that those licenses deserve well and they also lost what's his name who did death stranding yeah uh kojima that was yeah. really and that was because konami was already shifting away and just didn't care about their games development at the time so Dang. uh he won't be coming back to 10 cent that's for sure but <laughs> at least they'll have uh the money behind it that could be a really good thing it sounds it always sounds awful when a a bigger you know massive company acquires a smaller one but you know it could push some new games that would be interesting yeah yeah i have different thoughts i think just judging <laughs> judging on 10 cents past histories i think that is a huge yikers and i hope that konami does not sell out to 10 cent although yeah. if they're already not putting in funding into the games i could see them saying we're done with it. You do with it what you please. Give us our paycheck and we'll be on our way. That's right. That, I think that's uh, exactly what it'll be. Which I hope doesn't happen to Konami, but right. maybe they're done. Like when Tencent bought out League of Legends, and yeah. I know this just because I'm such a – I'm so heavily invested in the League scene, it was not pretty. Uh, nobody was happy. Uh, not even the Chinese were happy. It was um, – there were rumors of corruption. Uh, there was rumors of uh, like insider stuff going on, like people giving out certain accounts yeah. to certain uh, parties or Chinese servers hmm. access stuff like that. Uh, and why, you know, Riot Games was just like, "Hi, hey, we just sold the company for you know three point five billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, we right. don't really care. We we just made a killing." <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, nobody was pleased. Yeah, they, by the way, also have 5% ownership of Ubisoft, uh, Frontier Development, Activision Blizzard. Um, so they've got like a little bit in all these other huge companies as well, but just not full ownership. They've got a finger in every pot. Yeah, exactly that. If that's even an expression. I think so. <laughs> Okay, well, wow. Uh, interesting articles there, Preston. Zach? All right, you got, you got one more retro gaming article. Uh, also, uh, back to PS1 stuff. Nice. This one's a little bit older. It's know, like three weeks old now. But in 2020, we got the release of a PS1 game. What? A PS1 game that was originally in development back in 1998. Um, here, I'll, I'll just start reading. Uh, yeah. Magic Castle is the name of the game. Magic it was crea- created by two independent developers in the late 90s. Uh, the goal was to create a roguelike game in 3D that can be played any number of times. Which, okay, okay that sounds interesting. It yeah. features four playable char- character classes. Knight, Magician, Archer, and Fighter, and tasks players with progressing through 20 castle floors. This is gauntlet. This is literally gauntlet. (laughs) After eight months of grinding, the duo shopped it around, and while Sony expressed enthusiasm, they were mostly interested in acquiring the developers for a different project. The team declined. Magic Castle was shelved. Eventually, the individual devs went their separate ways. But one of the game's creators, uh, who goes by the name Piroo, uh recently rediscovered the unfinished product, um, finished it, and released it. So you can now download it and play it on an emulator, which is wow. pretty, <laughs> pretty interesting. I don't even know if that's legal. but Wait, so he released the ROM of he the game? He released it, yeah. So you what? can, yeah, you can uh, grab a copy of the game and the instruction manual. Uh, I, well, I have the link, but... Yeah. That's the only way to play it, though, right? Yeah. Because it never got an official release? Yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> that is legal. It's really... Well, yeah. I mean, whoever paid for the development to happen would technically own it unless the developers, you know, developed it on their own money, which I don't think usually happens. But uh, it's funny. On the main title screen, it says 2020. Uh, like, 1998 yeah. to 2020. Uh, <laughs> it's a PS1 game. Yeah. I wonder if it is one of those things like it was so clearly going to be shelved and it was going to die. So whatever publisher did pay for it, he was able to probably buy the name back for pennies kind of thing. And so he was like, I'll just buy it and then I can do whatever I want with it because I'm sure they wouldn't have charged him anything to get it. Zach, do you know if people are doing speed runs of this yet? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was... Uh, December twenty fourth of twenty twenty, it was it was posted. So I don't know. I, I can look it up though. That sounds funny. That would be crazy to me that this that this has just come out. It sounds like a speedrunner's like fantasy, like an old oh my god, old roguelike RPG, you know, RPG kind of thing. Okay, there's uh, six runners of it right now. Yes. Wow! Wow! Yes, and they're all they're all playing on. Emulator, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Wow. So, but uh, oh, there was another thing I, I forgot to go. There, I don't know if it was on a different page I was reading, but 
the only thing that wasn't implemented was multiplayer and one other thing. But the idea was that you and like three other people could each play a different character class and, and play through the game. Which would have been really cool too. Like it sounds like a lot of stuff going on for a 1998 game. Right. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Uh, well, I mean, especially because did PlayStation even have multiplayer games back in the one days? Uh, Surely. I, I want to say like CTR was, yeah. Was that, that, was on, one? that was on PS1? Yeah. Crash Team Racing was? Oh, yeah. dang. Yeah, the, uh, uh, I mean, just whenever you said Gauntlet, that's uh, this nail on the head for at least the description. I really want to, I'm waiting to look up anything about this, but it does make me just crave playing some Gauntlet right now. Yeah. <laughs> that was exactly what I was thinking of. You know, have you played the PC, the Gauntlet, like, reboot? Uh, no. Preston? Yeah, they rebooted it. Uh, it's just called Gauntlet, I think. Because, yeah. like, Gauntlet, you th- when you think of Gauntlet, you think of Gauntlet Legends. That's, like, the original N64 uh, old console game. Yeah. Uh, but they rebooted it with, like, updated graphics, and they just called it Gauntlet. Uh, hmm. It's out on Steam. It's a pretty pretty good uh, version of the game, too. Yeah, at this point, it's that nostalgia factor, but right at this point, is it either you played the original or you're just playing Diablo three or something like that? Like you're gonna play a better game. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, that's something I want to go back to. And if they've, I actually think I might look into getting this emulator. um, This might be uh, the first game you speed run. (laughs) (laughs) This is the only game that's gonna be the first game. (laughs) Yeah, it's perfect. All right. Well, very interesting articles, gentlemen. I'm very interested to see who is going to come out on top and on bottom in this one. I feel like we've got a good level of ignorance on both sides here. And I may be making a little bit of assumptions about you, Zach, but I feel like you might not be as up on the new news. And I'm certainly not up on it. Yeah, we went totally on different opposite sides here. Yeah, so it'll be good to just sort of throwing darts with the blindfold kind of thing. Yeah, I'm definitely not up on any side. I haven't heard any of this stuff before, so I'm really interested to see what what wins. All right, just as a recap, let's recap uh, our articles, not only for uh, the gentleman doing the bet, but also for our audience. Uh, Preston's articles, uh, number one, he said Xbox Live going from 60 to 120. Uh, Number two, Hitman 3, people being bonkers already with the speed run. What is up with your pronunciation of Hitman? Bang, bang. Oh, what did I say? Hitman? I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's multiple people playing the game. They're Hitmen. Yeah. <laughs> Those Hitman 3, speedrunning yeah. the first level. Did I do that in the last episode, too? Talking yeah. About yeah. I'm sure. Uh, and then number three, Tencent, uh, our favorite Chinese company, not really, uh, buying out Konami uh, yeah. and either doing good things or horrible things. Uh, Zach's articles. Number one, we have the PlayStation game reprints, manual inbox, collector's wet dream, etc., etc. $59.99 for PS1 games and $79.99 for PS2 games. This is the lie. I'm going to be crushed. Uh, Number two was the uh, possibility of stop and swap existing in other N64 games, including the mention of it in Donkey Kong 64 in a letter to Chris Stamper uh, leaked earlier this year. Uh, And then number three, the game we 
all loved and cared about but didn't know existed, Magic Castles, uh, was publicly released on emulator. The ROM is available for you to download, and you can start playing a 23-year-old 20, game now? Yeah. yeah. Today? Oh, wow. 1998 to 2021? Good on that. All right. Well, there you go. Uh Preston, what are you thinking? I, uh, I, I think I'm going to go just all out here because it, oh man, I, I'm so lost in this one and I want to believe it because I think it is really cool, but I'm going to say your first one uh, is the lie because I just, again, and we say this every week, I feel like I would have heard about this like reprinting of these retro games. And it would be this like, uh, that sounds so exciting. And I it does make me want to go back and look for like the Grandia. Oh, well, those are going to be Japanese. Whatever. Moving on. I'm going to say uh, the first one, I'm going to be willing to put $10 down. U.S. So. And I will go ahead and also make my wager as well. And to be honest, Zach, all three of your stories to me sound so fake. <laughs> All three, of these, all three of these, I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> because first off, let's just let's jump down to the third one really quick. The only thing that like saves it for me, and I haven't checked this because I don't want to cheat, is that you do say there are six people currently speedrunning. Yeah, yeah that, but, that got me too. Which could be real, could be not. I haven't double checked to confirm that you're telling me the truth. But the fact that somebody canceled this game it was being developed in the 90s. And then a guy 23 years later, same guy was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to finish this baby and I'm going to turn it out to the public. I'm going to ship it as we have said ship on past episodes. Uh, that to me just sounds like no way that ever happened. <laughs> I am not picking up a project I abandoned 23 years ago. It's <laughs> not happening. Um, I, I am also going to go with Preston though. I think number one, there's no way I wouldn't have heard about this. I know you said it just released yesterday, but I feel like I follow so many PlayStation Nation speedrunners, Zach, like your <laughs> yeah. There is no way somebody wouldn't have tweeted out about this. True. So I'm going to say $10 as well. I'm going to say number one is The Lie. So, well, Zach, I'm, I'm really glad that it wasn't obvious which one it was. Oh, what? I'm 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 glad that you said all three sounded fake. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. okay, but you're, but, but you're well, both correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Nice. I'm sad to be correct, but I <laughs> I'm happy that I didn't lose money. I've yet. wanted that to be true for so long. I know. I mean, it that never seems, will be. It would be pretty awesome, and I think that they could get away with it too. Even yeah. If it was such a limited run, they can make so much money off of that. That would be but huge. I think you're right in that they're just moving on to bigger and better things nowadays. They're going to do digital versions of it. Yeah. Yeah, like the that PS1 Classic, as soon as they announce the PS2 Classic or whatever, that thing's going to be worse than the PS5 uh, pre-release sales or whatever, uh, pre-orders. That's going to be nuts. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so excited, though. I'm going to look up this Magic Castles. Yeah, no, me I'm too. Take a look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see that. So, what is uh, the gameplay for Magic Castles like? Actively look like? I don't know. Whenever you were checking it, does it look oh, like Gauntlet? I could look it up right now. It's uh... oh my oh, here's the speedrun.com page. <laughs> I can't believe this is real. 
it's it's exactly what's it's 3d uh everything looks pretty bad <laughs> you're just kind of yeah. running around a castle beating things up and opening chests and find, it looks pretty maze-like i guess it's probably procedurally generated they said they want a really high replay value so yeah i will the gameplay does look pretty crap <laughs> i was just looking at this guy's speed run it does look uh not the best yeah it's funny to see the board and they're all just like within two weeks or two days yeah, yeah two days ago two weeks ago a week ago crazy and again just good on that good on that uh developer to finally send it out like that's pretty cool okay zach well that means it's <sighs> up to you now You've heard Preston's articles. We got your lie. Now it's time for us to decide which one of Preston's is the lie. Yeah, it's like it's the complete opposite problem from mine because they all just sound real. Like they don't. There's yeah. nothing that fake sounding about any of them, which I guess is you know a strategy. To, I might have to disagree with you on that one, Zach, because I think one that sticks out pretty uh, pretty handily. Sitting here, do I have to guess first? You do have to guess first. Okay, well, I'm I'm gonna say the third one sounds the least believable because I f- I don't know the specifics of the first one, but I did hear something about it, and the second one is just that's what speedrunners do. So yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe time. the time isn't perfectly accurate, but I'm I assume they've already broken that game. So you're going the third one? Yeah. Third How one. much money are you willing to wager? You uh, Canadian. 350 Canadian dollars, which is, I think, about six dollars US. <laughs> what? I don't even know if you're being serious. Here. I have no idea what the conversion rates are. I know they're not that bad. <laughs> um, I am also going to agree with you, Zach, uh, just because I think the first two do sound real, but I don't see Konami, which I'm pretty sure is a Japanese company. Yeah, I do not see them selling out to Tencent, which is a Chinese company, because the two countries do not have the best relationship. Uh, And I just don't see it happening, even if Konami said that they were done. But I'm a little worried to say number three, because Tencent is huge. And maybe if Tencent offered a big enough number, there would be no way to refuse. So it almost makes me want to guess Number two, because Preston could be telling a little white lie, and maybe the time is actually a minute forty-five instead oh, of no, forty-five seconds. Um, I mean, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm also going to wager uh, five dollars and say ten cent is not. They might have made an offer, but Konami has not accepted it. I will I will say that that's the lie. All right. Well, uh, yes, you're absolutely right. Both of you got it correct. That the third one is the lie. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Hitman 2 came out and they were, it was broken so quick. And then the first one, um, which was Microsoft, that that's just Microsoft PR, baby. They walk something <laughs> out, people get mad, and then they walk it back. That happens every couple of years. Um, but yes, Konami, uh, whenever you said the thing about uh, them being Japanese, Konami being Japanese, Tencent being Chinese, I did double check. Tencent doesn't own any... Uh, uh, doesn't look like they own any stock in any Japanese company. Plenty oh, of Western you. ones, but uh, yeah. so yeah, that was a good call on that being sort of like part of your reasoning. Uh, but yeah, they did not acquire the Konami Gaming Development Team. They are though 
there there are rumors that they are building stock and building uh, uh whatever money in order to buy out take two or even ea so they are like planning on trying to make some moves <laughs> we can only hope that they, they buy out EA. EA. Yes. I can only hope that EA I mean, just yeah. bites the bullet and it's gone forever. Right. It can get much worse. And whenever you're talking about like how much monetization they put into things, if you're talking about EA's monetization practices, that looks, I mean, that looks black hat compared to uh, 10 cents. And then, of course, you have GTA Online, which is just a cash cow for Rockstar and Take Two. So, yeah, I mean, they wouldn't buy single player. Come on. They don't care about Konami. They care about that cash. So EA a is a mess. I remember when they released Battlefront 2 or yeah. whichever one was like the one that was super online. Maybe yep. it was just Battlefront. Did they just call it Battlefront when they re-released it on the Xbox One? Yeah, so they had Battlefront, but then Battlefront 2 was the really, really bad uh, release because it had all the monetization. It Very had predatory. the like oh, you've played arcade mode for too many hours now, and now you have to pay for it, or however yeah. they did There's or something. Weird, weird stuff. I mean, it got, like, their practices got outlawed in multiple countries because of how predatory it seemed. So, yeah, they, they really messed up with that one. Uh, but they Big yikes. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, congratulations, Zach. Your Canadian money is safe. For now. <laughs> for now. I'm actually I'm a little bit surprised though. I I saw a few like acquisition articles in the news. So yeah. like uh, Blizzard bought Vicarious Visions. Yeah, that was that. a big one. I forgot I about that. about this. Wow, they, that is crazy. Yeah. So now they're doing like a Diablo two remake. That's kind of big news. I yeah, thought about yeah, bringing they, that up, but it wasn't like retro enough <laughs> for my theme. I'm pretty excited about that, but they have Diablo 4 in development, like right around the, well, not right around the corner, it's Diablo 4, but I'm still very surprised that they are looking at doing a uh, Diablo 2, which I think is still rumored for now. They haven't confirmed it, but that the Diablo 2 is going to be a focus for Vicarious Visions. Kind of disappointed too. I feel like they've done, I don't know. I feel like they could be used elsewhere pretty effectively whenever Blizzard can just they can crap out a, a Diablo two remake with a side, uh, with a small team, probably pretty easy. Right. Yeah. And Vicarious is like two hundred people. Right. And it is just they they make their they did the Tony Hawk remakes this past yep. year, right? Yep. Just fantastic stuff. And the uh, the Crash ones like three years ago or four years ago. They oh Toys for Bob did Spyro though, right? Spyro yeah. Ones, yeah. Okay. And Crash Four. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I thought about doing a Spyro 4 uh, lie article, but I thought it'd be way too obvious. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I would have just judged off of Luke's reaction to that. Because <laughs> I don't know if I would have. I, I would have been like, that. no way. I thought <laughs> I could get away with some of the retro stuff because I don't see yeah. them in too many like discords, like the DK Discord or, or Spyro or anything. Because like, the whole DK stop and swap thing was like, that was going crazy in the DK Discord. That's all they were talking about all day. So see, that's yeah. that's the thing. I was wondering about that one if it was going to be like ah, it's this small thing about that that I would have no idea how to double guess you on. All right, well, cool beans, uh, audience. We're going to take a little bit of a break here, but when we come back, uh, we're going to talk to Preston about some of the games he's looking forward to coming up in 2021, and we're going to sit down with Zach to talk about the Solo 1545. What is it? 
why are people interested in it and why will it never happen? So (laughs) we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Tencent, where they don't just capture your dreams, they capture your wallet and your audio, and for that matter, your video. They'll be seeing you soon. That ad was for parody purposes. Please, please don't sue us. Hey, welcome back to Press X to Doubt. Thank you for sticking with us through the break. Uh, we're going to transition into our next section, which is just talking about specific things. We're going to start with Preston. Preston, and I have to ask you, now that Cyberpunk is over and done with, we've spent a lot of time. Yeah, a, a lot of time. Much, yeah. A lot of time in our past couple <laughs> episodes talking about Cyberpunk. Uh, tell me, what's going to be your next big passion project? What's something you're looking forward to sinking your teeth into in 2021? So I've got a couple things. I've already started to moved on to my big one, and I got lost in one of its mini games for about five hours the other day. Uh, I've been playing Yakuza Like a Dragon or Yakuza Like a Dragon, um, which is a very big uh, Japanese RPG where you can get lost in side quests and stuff, but it's still a little bit more linear than maybe like an Ubisoft open world. It's got all of the jank and the charm of a JRPG narrative um, where it is in one moment, it'll be cheesier than some of the worst uh, soap operas. And then the next it's not taking itself seriously. It's having you fight uh, five different dudes that are dressed up in diapers that like to act like babies. And you just brought them a bottle of formula and they're very mad at you for intruding, which is actually a fight that I had. Uh, and it's very weird, but it's turn-based. And it's, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I've really gotten lost into it. I think I've already put like 30 hours into it. Um, just, and I'm on chapter five. I don't know how many chapters there are, but I know there's a lot more than five. Very, very, very fun uh, JRPG that just came out recently. Nice, not too bad. Does sound pretty interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's goofy as all hell, but... I enjoy it. And how about uh, a game that hasn't come out yet, but that you're definitely going to buy, going to take a look when it does come out? What's like your next big one? This one is, I don't have to buy it. Again, like we talked about earlier with Game Pass, this is sort of why uh, I'm, it's probably the only reason I will be playing this game is because I can get it for quote unquote free. Uh, It's a game that's coming out in just a couple days called The Medium. It's going to be a horror game coming out in January, so it's kind of a weird time. January is often sort of whenever things are put out to die, or at least that's the way it used to be. And it is sort of seeming that way with the medium. Um, It is a tank-controlled, from what I've seen of gameplay, it's uh, tank-controlled like original Resident Evils. But you are a medium who has the power to travel between Uh, our world and the supernatural world and so you'll have to do some puzzle solving by like traveling over to the other world and it splits down the middle of the screen certain things that are destroyed in our world or crossable in the other world and it looks very mediocre uh 
the only reason I'm playing it is because I don't want to spend $60 on uh, Hitman 3 right now. And I, because I can get it on Game Pass on PC, I'll probably stream it a bit and give me a reason to stream, like a new game that I can actually get into a little bit more rather than something that completely breaks my uh, PC, like Immortals Phoenix Rising that I tried to do. And that was a complete failure. Um, so yeah, uh, the medium comes out in a couple days. It looks okay. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone unless you can get it for free. Boom. Hey, that's not that's not a bad recommendation, right? Though, right? <laughs> yeah. With yeah. the games that are coming out nowadays. Yeah. Know, what about you? Do you have some? Uh, yeah. You know, we talked about this. I think a couple of episodes ago, but uh, I know that uh, E3 spoiled that uh, it takes two games. Yeah. New like yeah. co-op game. Um, and I haven't played a good couch co-op game in a while. Yeah. Like one that was really meant to be with just you and another player that actually had pretty good gameplay. Um, I'm trying to think of even the last like couch co-op I sat down and played with somebody. It might have been Battle Block. Battle Block Battle Theater. Block. And Battle Block Theater oh, yeah. is like a way, way old game. Like 2007, 8 maybe? Yeah. Because uh, it's not even that old, but it's a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Xbox Arcade, exactly, and I repurchased it for Steam. But it's been a while since I felt like a good couch co-op. Especially, well, I mean, you know, Fallout Guys was like a really or Fallout Guys, Fall Guys <laughs> yeah. was a good um, was a good multiplayer game. It was a fun like little battle royale kind of thing. But I just meant yeah. like pure cooperative puzzle solving, couch cooperative kind of stuff. Is been right. a while since I played something like that, and I'm all for like the goofy artistic. Um, sort of like animated cartoony style of games. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, games it, like Battle Block Theater and It Takes Two are really yeah. interested in appealing to me because I like that a little bit more than I like the, the gritty realism of like maybe Metal Gear Solid Five or right, Death right. Stranding or something along those lines. Well, I was going to say the developers of It Takes Two, um, whenever they made A Way Out, that was one of the best couch co-op and joy with a friend uh, that I can remember. That it was like just dumb mini games throughout that weren't entirely great, but like the experience was cinematic enough that you felt like y'all working together actually achieved something rather than just being sort of like gimmicky in any way. Uh, It was still, it was still really fun. And I think that was a gritty realistic game where you're trying to break out of prison. And yeah, I don't think it fits sort of the silliness of some of the things that you were doing. And so this looks like it'll be, I like that cartoony, feel like you were talking about in that aesthetic and then the other thing i was going to say is that i i think they already said it's not coming out until quarter four of 2021 so it'll be another one to like wait for the holidays but oh really i do think it'll be a good game when it does come out i think that's what it showed on steam was quarter so four of 2021 i see it at least for oh well i don't know i see it for uh march 26 but that's still a pretty good ways off um but hey that'll be right around uh uh That'll be right around. What is the word I'm looking for? That'll be right around spring break. So that'll be perfect timing for couch co-op. It'll be Preston and I's first co-op speed, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, what about you, Zach? You got any 2021 gaming stuff you're looking forward to? Uh, the only thing I can recall from recent memory was God of War Ragnarok. Ooh, which is, yeah. I mean, that's got to be like the most vanilla answer, but... I started, I think God of War was one of the first kind of games I played. Not, I don't know. This was like back in 2005. I was a kid. (laughs) I was playing God of War for the first time. I remember just playing the hell out of it. And 
yeah went back and you know multiple times throughout my life to play the original so i did play the i guess the latest one that came out a few years ago and it wasn't really like my thing i thought Mm. a lot of the puzzles from the originals were just a lot more interesting and the combat was like a lot more options back well i mean i maybe i didn't get far enough into the game to see everything but yeah yeah it does take a little while to open up yeah so i wonder if if this new one's going to be kind of in the new style of open world kind of or uh or back to the original switch yeah i wouldn't expect to see it go back unfortunately um Yeah, I was going to say, I really enjoyed the God of War, I guess it was 2018 at this point. Um, But it was, I mean, it took probably about 10 to 15 hours before you got the, I guess, spoilers for anyone that doesn't know. But uh, 10 or 15 hours before you got the Chains of Chaos that you get in the first three games. So like his signature weapon takes a Mm -hmm. while. And the axe was fun, but like by the time you get those Chains of Chaos, you're really itching for something new. And that's whenever it kind of opens up with more puzzles and more goes back to the original style, but still with that new camera. Yeah, maybe I'll have to actually get through it a little bit more before the new one comes out then. Just to see I all say, the new stuff. I say it's definitely worth like knock it down to the easy difficulty. Yeah. Fly through the beginning <laughs> and then just knock it back up once yeah. it gets interesting again. Yeah, the, the only other game I could think of was I saw the trailer for Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, buddy. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what it's about. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you actually do. I don't but, know either. But I'd like to try it. Yep. I just want to live in that world. That's all. Harry Potter. <laughs> That's it. I just want to be a wizard, too. Yeah. Just let me be a wizard. Yeah. yeah that, I don't know when that's going to come out, but um, we'll see. That was recently pushed back to 2022. So we've got a little while longer, unfortunately. Big bummer. But besides when, when's the Harry Potter RPG coming out? That's the one. That's it. Yeah, that's well, it's gonna be those, yeah. yeah, it's Hogwarts Legacy, so it's like set five hundred years before Harry Potter or something, or two hundred years. But you are a student that goes to Hogwarts and you go and do classes and level you up. You are Godric Gryffindor. Oh, <laughs> that would be really I guess. That would be really cool. <laughs> I'm definitely down for that. Right? Like, were there even houses 500 years ago? Or are you just like a Hogwarts no, student? There's some, there's some like Harry Potter fan that is freaking out and getting really upset <laughs> that we're even bringing up his name within 500 years or something. Yeah. They're uh, like, you don't even know the timeline, man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you now, know we're close. So you do play as a student. And I think you can go to classes and you like level up. But I don't know who the big bad would be. It's obviously pre like Voldemort by a long shot. So I have no idea if it's just going to be Mr. Slytherin. Dragons. Just yes, dragons. dragons. Could yeah. be. Yeah. Just dragons. <laughs> Beyond new games coming out here soon, I hear that y'all have something coming up, going on. And it is called the, uh, the race to uh, the, the solo 1,545. Uh, <laughs> It's respect. <laughs> so How sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, Zach and I don't necessarily have this coming up, but uh, for those who are unfamiliar with the idea of a 1545, this was a team event uh, that was started four years ago. 
uh, by people within uh, the Spyro and Crash Bandicoot community. Um, basically, there are three multi-game races that currently exist on speedrun.com. There's plenty more, but like the three most popular ones are the Super Mario 602. Uh, that's comprised of 100%ing SM64, Sunshine, and both of the Galaxy games. Jeez. Which has 602 stars in total, or 602 stars oh, okay. and shines. Uh, the Rareware 301, which just happened this last weekend, that's Banjo Kazooie 100%, Tui 100%, and Donkey Kong 64 101%. And then the Sprash Fecta, which we've already explained earlier in the episode, which is 642%. So 642 plus 301 plus 602 equals 1545. And for four years now, every summer, the speedrunning communities have come together and hosted a relay race uh, of about teams of nine to ten runners who would run these 13 games over the course of a weekend. And you would try to balance out teams to make them as even as possible. And then everybody would start, you know, Friday at around primetime, 6 p.m. And the teams would finish around Sunday at you know, uh, I don't know, 8 p.m. or so. And it was just who could, you know, which team was finishing their 13 games the fastest, right? And so you would have nine to 10 runners running 13 games. Obviously, if Zach and I were on the same team, I would be running like Banjo-Tooie and maybe Kazooie. Zach would be running like Spyro 2, maybe one of the Crash games. Uh, And then we would have, you know, seven other runners doing the other games. Um. So this has always been a team event. This has always been something that nobody would have ever dreamed of doing alone. Uh, But now recently, uh, the very first person to ever do an attempt of a solo 1545 uh, has just tried to do it. And unfortunately, he did not finish. Uh, His name is Rob the Gamer 115. Uh, He has run all 13 games before, quote unquote. And he has times in all 13 games, quote unquote, but uh, due to some technical difficulties and some issues unbeknownst to him, he was not able to finish. But he uh, he stopped, I believe he was 36 or 37 hours in and Jeez. he had to stop. He did sleep. He had sleep uh, as well. But his time spent in the games, he was at like 37 hours. Oh, okay. yeah. So he still had like six games to go. It was about 60, I think, in real, like, unpaused timer hours. But, yeah, like 38 without the breaks. Yeah. So he was only playing for 15 hours a day or so, and then just going to bed and whatever, getting a meal. Uh, So we still don't know what the issue was, or or he doesn't know? Yeah, the issue was he he essentially quit. Uh, He had one thing kind of go wrong in a game that prevented him from finishing. It's one of the shorter games. So he could have just redone the game. Yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, if you're 60 hours in redoing like the two hour game, isn't a big deal, I would imagine, but uh, you decide to just, you know, yeah, just try it again another day. So. Because this is obviously not only a physical task of, uh, all 13 games, I believe, and Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, but the collective world record, so if you did have world record in all 13 of those games, 
Uh, your total time is still 40 hours. Is that right? 40 something or is it sub 40 yeah. hours now? Yeah, it's somewhere in the 40 hour range. So even with, even if you did have world record, you were the best of the best in all 13 of these games. It is a 40 hour speed run without sleep. Yeah. <laughs> without even like without game swaps or without bathroom breaks. Yeah. You're yeah. spending and you're playing at the absolute maximum of human potential. In each game, you're taking at least 41 hours. So, and I can accept some responsibility for this because back when we created the leaderboards on speedrun.com for the solo 1540, or well, for the 1545, for the teams, so that we could, you know, host the team's, you know, personal bests and race times on the site, I was like, hey, why don't we make a solo 1545 category? Ha ha ha, it'll be so funny because nobody will ever do it. Uh, but now Zach, uh, has gone ahead and he has created a spreadsheet that Preston mentioned earlier. It is called the race to the 1545 because there are now several runners who are in the running for being able to complete a solo 1545, uh, Zach and myself, uh, on the list as well as Rob and a, a smattering of other runners. Um, and I think it's really because Rob actually ended up doing a first attempt. Because yeah, I don't know about you, Zach, but I was like done with the idea for a long time now. <laughs> uh, it, it's been my goal since March of last year. Yeah. Yeah. To so I have, do one. Yeah. Yeah, to do one. So it didn't really change my trajectory, though. But I, I mean, maybe it did because since he did it, I have been trying more of the games and less focused on improving at the ones I already know. So. I, yeah, I definitely say that he kind of, I don't know, created a spark, I guess, in the community for people to start working on things outside of their, their main games and try to kind of master each one. And we kind of talked about this, you know, in our second episode, Preston, about the guy who got to level 90 by picking flowers. Yeah, right. You don't want to be the second guy to get to level 90 by picking <laughs> flowers. You know what I mean? Yep. You want to be the first one to undertake this and actually be successful at it. And I think yeah. Rob inherently lit a fire under the 1545 community's butts and said, hey, I'm going to do this. And uh, even though he still had, you know, probably halfway to go still, uh, I think he sort of set a precedent of saying it's doable, yeah. um, even with sleep breaks. Um, and so I think more and more people are going to be uh, interested in finishing it and we'll see who actually comes out on top first. And so this isn't, there's no, like no one's trying to do this all in one run, right? Like everyone is with the understanding well, that there's going to be sleep breaks. <laughs> well, Zach, what do you want to talk about this one? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So everyone has a different philosophy on exactly how they want to approach it. I know that me and SHM are pretty similar. We both have the idea of doing two, back-to-back kind of 25-hour okay. marathons with Insane. maybe 10 hours in between of just rest. Uh, Rob, on the other hand, he's like way on the other side of the spectrum where he wants to do it over the course of like a week with mm-hmm. you know breaks every 15 hours instead of every 25. There is one runner who has brought up in the past that he wants to do it all in one sitting. It's insane. Uh yeah, his name's Zando Toaster. Uh, if you're at all curious about watching him, 
But he said this after finishing, what was the run? Like a 25-hour run, maybe? He did Sprash Fecta plus Kazooie plus SM64 plus I think that's a little it. bit of Galaxy, or was that it? I, I think he stopped there. So that was eight eight of the 13 games, not yeah, including three of game. the longest. Yeah. Yeah, eight of the shortest games. Yeah. And he did it in 23, 25 hours? Yeah, and he said after that that he would prefer to do it all in one sitting. And personally, I've done a run longer than that. I wouldn't want to do a run any longer than that if I don't have to. Uh, but, I mean, I guess it's possible. I don't know. What's the longest single sitting run that someone's done well the one that comes to my head is Haganator's 903 which is three 301s back to back to back <laughs> and it took him 39 hours to right. do that but right. i think that was also 39 hours with like an hour or two hours of just not playing and eating mm-hmm. and like getting up and obviously he had plenty of restroom breaks and stuff like that um you know, Zando's times alone, we're talking like 54, 55 hours of uninterrupted speed running and no yeah. sleep. You know, that's just something that I don't mind. see. That's just something I don't see as viable at all. Like, I think, and I think Haganator, he's pretty degenerate. So it makes sense that he could go through a 903 like that <laughs> and, and be okay. Uh, especially because Hag's, Hag's on the young side too. I think Hag's only 22 years old. And I know as I've gotten older, it's been harder for me to do longer runs. Like I was in the 301 this last weekend and I couldn't even do Donkey Kong. I did I did not get a lot of sleep. I had like maybe four hours sleep prior to the day. I just didn't plan well. But yeah, I mean, another six and a half hours would have killed me. And I was only seven hours in. So I'm thinking of like doing a run like this where I'm asking myself to run for 25 hours go to sleep, wake up and run for another 25 hours. Yeah. And I'm like, man, is this worth doing? Should I be doing this to myself? <laughs> because it's such a physical and mental toll. You know, we talked about Rob maybe two, doing another two hours when he was already 60 hours in. Like, why not just do it? But I just feel like at any point, if your mental goes boom, like you're just done. You're just going to crack. Right. Yeah, there's just yeah. no way to finish, especially if you had like multiple games left to go. So I think that's where the philosophies are going to change things. You know what I mean? Right. Do y'all need to come to like a consensus first on all of that before really y'all can actually crown the victor or the, the first two. No, Uh, it's just, it's whoever does it, does it. And there's been discussion in the past about ruling and, you know, should we allow breaks or just time with the sum of the individual games and, you know, just let people do it segmented. And there's no good way of doing it because the fact is, like, when it comes to endurance runs or multi-game runs, not taking a break is a strat. Like, that's how you go faster. That's how you complete things faster is you spend more time yeah. actively working on them. And so, you know, maybe somebody only needs a 10-minute break. Somebody needs an eight-hour break. There's going to be somebody that wants a zero-minute break and wants to just keep going. So that's mm-hmm. the only kind of one-size-fits-all rule for it. So it's whoever finishes it first is going to win. I mean, <laughs> be the first one to do it. Whether it, I mean, I know me and SHM kind of both have the mentality that it's not worth doing if you're going to take 100 hours to do it. But that's not the mentality everyone else has. Yeah, and I guess that's sort of the point is, again, like y'all are talking about with Rob, 
someone's going to set that benchmark and really drive the next person forward and the next person forward, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like maybe after the first one is done, if the first one is done and it's like, you know, I, I'm not going to say that it's like a poor time to do it in a hundred in a hundred hours, but it's obviously very unoptimized. Yeah. But I think maybe when the first one does get posted, then maybe there is more of a drive to like, okay, well this can easily be like destroyed or it can easily be bopped. And so then, you know, you're, you're even more motivated because it's like, okay, well, I'm going to do it even better. And then, oh, well, I'm going to do it even better than, you know, the second player, you know, whatever. Um, and obviously, yeah, I mean, like Zach said, there's a lot of philosophies in terms of, you know, what is the best way to undergo this? Uh, and I know when I've talked in the past uh, about it, I've said my, in my reality is like, if I were to ever undergo this, which, and I'm thinking about doing it because of Rob, to be honest, because it was completely out of my mind at this point in time. I was like, it's not happening. You know, uh, Zach made a meme about me saying it ain't happening. Uh, (laughs) And now, you know, I have to like go back on that and say it is happening because Rob, you know, even though Rob was five more games off, including two of the longer games, uh, he came close. He's come the closest out of anybody, right? And so it's definitely doable. It's definitely a possible thing. Uh, And in my head, like if I were to undergo this, I think I would have to take like a week of sleeping right, eating healthy, not being on the computer, not being involved with video games at all, being outside, getting plenty of vitamins, all that kind of stuff for literally a week, a week of nothing having to do with the games. And then waking up one day, sitting down, playing the games, eating right, having somebody there to help me eat right during the games, and then going to sleep, getting a good night, full sleep, waking up, invigorating myself, shower, whatever, play for another 25 hours. And then as soon as it's done, again, being away from video games and sitting down for like a week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's just like, that in itself is such a physical toll and it has nothing to do with my mentality that... You know, I'm just thinking that alone to me is just like, it, it seems so formidable and it's scary. It's like, I, like, I'm afraid to like try it because mm-hmm. I just think, I think of like the maximum time that I've spent doing games and I just can't imagine like, like, ha- like, let's just imagine one run goes bad and like yeah, suddenly you're spending like- an additional 20 minutes on a game and you're like wanting to go to sleep and like stay on schedule and stuff like that. Uh, and I think Zach and I have pretty much nailed it down that one sleep break is like the most optimal and the most realistic versus not sleeping at all because not sleeping at all is like basically impossible unless you're world record. And even then it's still Mm -hmm. like very tough. But another, uh, go ahead. Another person I was going to shout out earlier was Wed, who did the 1294. Yeah. We've talked about this. This is the guy pressing who did, the original Sprash Vecta and the HD Sprash Vecta back-to-back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that was another 38-hour run, which is just insane. But That is. It was actually during that run that I did my first Sprash Vecta, which was 29 hours. But, I mean, that day, technically, I was up for like 50 hours that day because I didn't get any sleep beforehand. So, I don't know. Maybe it is possible to stay up for 50. I just don't want to do it again. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask, because uh, y'all just had the Sprash Vecta here recently, so you've sort of like gotten 
like the the taste again of what it would be like because that was what what was your time on that Luke? I had fourteen and a half. Zach did it in thirteen and a half. Right, Zach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so. so for both of y'all, it was like a marathon already, and then yeah. the prep time before and after uh, the recovery time. Do y'all feel like? I mean, obviously, it prepares you in some way, but do you feel like it's something that you can actually really understand what it's like until uh, beforehand, based on your knowledge of the Sprashfecta? Can you really sort of understand just how bad it's going to be? I don't know. I don't know if I can because I still feel like, I mean, after Sprashfecta is over, I don't know about you, Zach, but I'm definitely wiped. I'm definitely like, okay, I'm done gaming for like the next couple of days. Uh, um, the most recent one was fine. I you were no fine. Idea, yeah, the first two were bad though. I mean, I wasn't like t- I mean, I wasn't like tired. I mean, I I finished the Sprash Factor and I stayed up before yeah. going to bed. But I'm definitely like wiped in a like mental way of just like okay, 14 hours of games done. Mm-hmm. You know, sweat off the brow. Okay, relax. Like get up, stretch. Like walk away from the computer for a while. Come back. Um. I definitely don't think the first time I attempt the fifteen forty five, I will succeed. I don't. Oh, I, like I, I think it would take bad time, but completely. Even if I ha- well, I just don't see me having the perfect run, quote unquote, the first time I go for it. I just don't see yeah. it happening. Right. Um. So I don't think. Uh. I mean, I don't think I'll know what it feels like until I'm like in the thick of it, probably. Mm-hmm. Um. I know. My plan specifically to do it was to do Sprash Facta and 301 on the same day, take a break or take that sleep break and then do the 602, uh, which would be 14 plus 14 hours for me. So 28 hours and then wake up and do hopefully 24 to 25 hours. Wow. I don't know if that's different for you, Zach, if you had a different yeah, mentality. Very, how to, very different. The same. Oh, okay. Yeah. You do have it different. Would you split up your games? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like um I don't have the order off the top of my head but what I wanted to do, but I, I would start each day with the worst games. Yeah, I think that's a great idea too. Like yeah. Keep SM sixty four, SMS, the crash games, like keep those early Donkey Kong sixty four. Like just leave Spyro and Galaxy games to the end of my days. So. Yeah. Save like the more like, like save the knowledgeable games and like the more easygoing games. Yeah, for so later if you on, put, you're super tired. If you put Sprash Facta right next to a 301, you're either playing Crash or you're playing DK Tired, and I don't want to do either of those. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good point. You might have changed my mind about that. Uh, I think I was just being a purist and like trying to keep the series together. Yeah, I'm uh, not a purist by any means. I don't play I a single game do. on. I don't play a single game on the original console. <laughs> yeah, I play all 13 on the wrong consoles. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's basically what's going on right now. And and there's a lot of discussion happening in our community because of Rob's first attempt. And yeah, I think it'll just be interesting to see, uh, what comes to fruition. I still don't know when somebody will finish one. I know that there's like a timeline out there for people who are learning their games. I told Zach, I don't think I could do one before like Christmas. Oh, no, I don't think I'd be able to do one by summer. No way. Oh, wow. Uh, mm-hmm. I still have I still have three games to learn, and two of them are two of the longest games in the series. So is that what you're going to be Galaxy doing? Galaxy games. 
for this next year is just prepping by playing those games and running them? Well, I did yeah. get this nice new HDTV. So Galaxy speedruns are like on the way. Uh, nice. But again, like the Galaxy, you know, the world record for Galaxy 2 is eight hours and 52 minutes. Jeez. 59. Which is 59 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Which is over uh, over two and a half hours uh, longer than any other game in the 1545. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I have to learn that game. 242 stars. Which, uh, to be fair, it's, you know, it's a lot of padding time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just a lot of, yeah. I but mean, yeah, it is it's the longest game though. because there's a lot of cutscenes and a lot of loading zones and stuff like that. Yeah. And Zach, what, uh, what do you normally like mainly play beyond the Sprash Vecta. Um, are any of these other games like sort of in your wheelhouse of what you're regularly, regularly run? Uh, not yet. No. Uh, DK 64 and galaxy two were games. I already had interest in though, before this okay. all kind of came up uh, as long or as well as the, the Spyro games, not so much the crash that kind of just happened, but uh no, I, I play I play all sorts of games actually that don't even fall inside those. But yeah, so you're also going to be spending the next year just well at, next at least yeah at least yeah losing our minds. Um, we could I think we could just kind of shout out the the people that we have listed here and just kind of go through yeah because uh, SHM right now is in first for the total sum of PBs. Using the the kind of blind estimates that the Super Mario 602 guys give for the three Mario games he doesn't have, total time of 77 hours. So, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And that's first place. That's, that's 77 hours. <laughs> of everyone that's interested in it, yes, that's the best time right now if you yeah. match all your PBs. But second is Rob, only uh, like two hours behind. He has 80 hours. He's the only person that we have listed though, that actually has a time in every single game. And it was, it's kind of funny that SHM earlier put time in quotes. Yeah. Because yeah, there are a couple of times in here that are very, very close to the blind estimate anyway. So it's almost as if they, they kind of don't exist, but still he <laughs> has completed them all, which is more than anyone else can say. I'm third. Obviously I've done all the Sprash games, but I do not have a time in Mario 64, Sunshine, Galaxy, or Tui. Uh, and I have kind of a segmented DK time. And that's still just almost 100 hours. And then we have Zando Toaster, who's at 102 hours with lots of games he hasn't run. Uh, iCup speedruns at 113 hours. Uh, that's actually that's wrong, but I don't have a couple of his times. He hasn't done any Sprash games. He's the only person on the list who hasn't done uh, all three series at some point. And last is Claire or Mutants Abyss, who uh, has at multiple times held the 602 record and is interested in all the other games. So I don't know. Maybe it'll be one of the six of us to be the first one. It's probably going to be Rob. Yeah, I would imagine it will be Rob if he ever has the time to sit down and do another one. Yeah, I don't know who's going to, of those six people who will ever actually finish them, but I got faith. 
anyways, if you're interested in running this horrible, horrible idea of a speed run <laughs> with us, you can reach out to us on speedrun.com slash the 1545. Uh, accessibility is pretty easy for all 13 games, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Especially because the 1545 community does allow you to run all six Sprash games on emulator. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, the difficulties aren't really there. Uh, the difficulties are more from learning all 13 games and optimizing all 13 games. Yeah. Uh, so, Preston, if you thought learning one speedrun was hard enough, yeah, try a 13. <laughs> I can see how it's going to take about a year just to prep. Yeah, I can definitely. That's insane. It's definitely nuts. But somebody's going to do it. And hopefully this podcast will still be running and we can announce it and it'll be awesome. Ooh, yeah. All right, well, I think we have reached the uh, end of this section, so we're going to move on. Uh, right before we sign off, we're going to do our customary shout-outs like we do at the end of each episode. Uh, you know, give give a little oomph back to the community that we so love and adore. Yep. Uh, Preston, go ahead. Give us a... So this is cheating as usual, um, but I, it is a re-shout-out and re... Just because I'm so excited for this next episode uh, for Level Zero... Um, level zero greg griffith our first guest on our second episode has been still consistently putting out shows and each one gets better and better he's been incorporating weird little uh uh like characters that he's bringing in from the different companies uh whenever he did the history of microsoft he used sound bites from uh master chief all throughout (laughs) he's done a lot of really fun stuff and this next one uh, that should probably come out on the same day that we release is bringing together the whole community in order to make like a uh, <clears throat> make a sea shanty for game genres. So his episode will be all about game genres and the sea shanties focuses in on the pirate game genre and why it's so much better than the rest. Um, so that'll be just sort of like a bonus thing that a lot of people have contributed to. And it is really, really awesome and just fun. I think that's one of his, the main things about his podcast is that it's just fun uh, and enjoyable and lighthearted. And it's only like 25 minutes. So it's always worth a quick listen to. He's a great guy. I really enjoyed having him on the show. And I think he does put out good content. Uh, Going back to his fun content, I think uh, even the history of Nintendo with Mario stepping in and him having Mario on the show was also yeah. a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah. I think he Greg continued a lot a of job ideas. It's yeah. awesome. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to give my shout outs to uh, a runner on Twitch. His name is Falcon X Falcon. Uh, very, very good at the rareware games. Uh, he just recently took back the 301 world record away from Connor 75 this past weekend on Saturday, achieving a new world record of 12 hours and 19 minutes. Well, um, if you take out his 20 minute break, his 10 minutes in between Kazooie and Tui is 10 minutes between Tui and DK. So congratulations to Falcon. Uh, he's always been very, uh, optimized in his games and he's been doing good. So, uh, if you're interested in watching his top tier gameplay or his not so top tier, uh, OT randos, <laughs> you can check him out at, uh, twitch.tv slash Falcon X Falcon. Nice. Zach, how about you? Uh, I'm going to shout out one of my buddies, Ethan RTA. He's also a speedrunner. I was watching him earlier today, um, and he got he did his first SM64 120 star run, and he got 
I think at 219, which is pretty insane. Uh, and then after that, he played SMB2U just for fun, I guess. And he got third place <laughs> in any percent uh, right. save and quit, which is kind of insane. But yeah, guys got record and, you know, Mario lost levels, War plus D4. He's got all levels, all stars and Mario Bros. 2, all four games and Mario all stars. He's insane, but he's on, he's got like less than a thousand followers on Twitch. So definitely deserves it. He's really good. Nice. I didn't even know he had that many records. No, he's 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 ridiculous. Like I didn't realize he was like a side place. scroller god. Yeah. The lost level games are pretty tough too. In yeah, just getting into you do. He's kind of just well, getting into like SM64. So that's pretty cool to see him doing that. What were yeah. their names again? Both uh both of y'all shout outs? We have Falcon X Falcon from myself, Ethan RTA from Zach. You can give him a follow on the Twitch. Awesome. All right. Well, from all of us here at Press X to Doubt, we appreciate you being here. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, we are at uh, at Press Doubt. Is that yep. correct, Preston? Nice. I remembered. Uh, we are also on any platform that you would normally get your podcasts on, such as, I don't know. I can never remember what the Apple one is called. I uh, think it's just Apple Podcasts or just on Apple Music. Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, whichever you prefer. We're on there. Uh, you can find me on Twitch or at Twitter at Secret Humor Man. Uh, come check me out. Yep. And Zachary, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, twitch.tv slash Zachary Lawrence or speedrun.com slash Zachary Lawrence. That's just kind of the hub for everything I do. And for me, I am also on Twitter, but I'm basically just post from the press exit out. Uh, whenever I do post, I normally just work off of that. So y'all can follow us there. Uh, Instagram press un- underscore X to doubt. I, I'm not just fine. We're a mess. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it is rare that I ever post, but uh, I should also be streaming here soon. If you enjoy our show, if you like it, make sure that you tell a friend that is one of the biggest plays ways that a podcast can grow is just through community sharing. So put us out on your discords, put us out on your Twitters, uh, and just share whatever links you have to us. We would appreciate it. It helps out a lot more than you would think. Uh, Luke, you got anything more? I'm good, man. We'll see you guys next episode. Thanks for hanging out. Hope you enjoyed. See you next time. Bye. Bye, Zachary. See ya. We're going to... That was good enough. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do Nice work. We kept it nice and concise. <laughs>